1: 1440, KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. Streaming globally at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com.
3: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The Pentagon is rejecting China's claim. A high-altitude balloon flying over the U.S. is gathering weather data. Defense Department officials rejected China's statement that the balloon had blown off course and was not being used for surveillance. The White House says President Biden was first briefed on the balloon on Tuesday and accepted the military's recommendation not to shoot it down. That is White House correspondent Greg Cluckston reporting. Officials on both sides of Russia's war in Ukraine say dozens of prisoners have returned home Following a prisoner exchange, top Ukrainian presidential aide Andrea Yermak said in a telegram post that 116 Ukrainians were freed. He said they include troops who held out in the city of Mariupol during Moscow's month-long siege, reduced the southern port city to ruins at the time, also exchanged guerrilla fighters from the Kherson region. This is SRN News.
4: Quit smoking, chew, and vaping with this half price offer from the Biz1440 and breathe freedom from nicotine. Get one program for just $250. That's half price for the faster, easier, and more effective way to quit smoking. There's a limited number of these half off deals available. It's just $250 for one person, meaning you could save thousands this year. Call the Biz1440 today at 651 405 8800. That's 651 405 8800.
5: like it you get your money back but you're gonna love it and you're gonna love the price internet for your home for 50 bucks a month that's less than two bucks a day plus no contracts no upfront costs no equipment fees and our 15-day guarantee call now 800-846-2124 800-846-2124 800-846-2124
7: Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded.
2: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
6: Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a Frisca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan.
3: He's a strange dog. Oh,
8: we finally
0: made it to campus.
9: Welcome, King Banyan Show, the biz 1440 on a job Saturday and a Fed Saturday. We probably need three hours, but uh, coming to campus today are some prospective students. And so you have me for two, and I'm going to hop out and visit with some uh, students that I hope will join us here at St. Cloud State in September. Uh, and, uh, and and so we need to get right to work. Um hopefully uh is listening to the end of our of the previous show and heard them discussing uh, the Super Bowl. I'll get to that next week. I don't have time for that this week. Uh besides which besides which we won't know anything about the Super Bowl until we figure out whether either or both of those quarterbacks are are going to play hurt or or what their situation is. Um 651-289-4477 the number to call with questions and comments 651-289-4477. Here today, we're we're live talking about the jobs report, uh, which came in very very strong indeed. I've got the headline the headline on Bloomberg: U.S. payrolls surprise was surge as jobless rate hits 53-year low. The Wall Street Journal this morning: January's hiring boom caught economists by surprise. Why forecasts Why forecasts often miss the mark. So here are a few themes that you're seeing. First of all, was it a surprise? Absolutely. You had um, ADP come out and say that there were 106,000 private sector jobs in their report on Wednesday of the week. Then Friday, out comes comes the Bureau of Labor Statistics and says it's 443,000 jobs. As uh, Peter Buchler, uh at Bleakley Investment says, you know you could drive a you could drive a truck through the gap between those two, and he's absolutely right. Those are just the question is which one of those is true, and so people at you know, I normally on a Jobs Friday using my hashtag pound KBRS will dig into the data and start posting things, and I will say when I saw the five seventeen. I obeyed a rule that I often attribute to my good friend Mitch Berg, which is when you get surprising news, wait 24 hours and digest it and see what develops. And so I pulled back from trying to comment on this because I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. Doesn't look right. Um, It feels like there's something wrong here, right? We've seen not just that ADP number, but we've had purchasing manager indices, uh, the Institute for Supply Management uh, had been out with numbers, the various manufacturing surveys that are done by by five of the twelve Federal Reserves. All of them all of them had been pointing downward, and then all of a sudden the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out this huge number. And I think it's proper to say you should probably Tap the brakes Try to think about why is this So different than the others And try to Determine whether or not Whether or not This number might be an outlier It might be a mistake It might be Well it might be all kinds of things I don't believe You know and and I always want to make sure I've had this conversation with folks uh, Is that is that some people will believe, well, the government is putting out false narratives um, in this world where we've lost trust in institutions, lost trust in in media, and so forth. I tend, and, and in no small part, it's my own bias, some of the people that work for the various statistical agencies at the state and federal level are are. Friends, colleagues, some of them are former students of mine, um, and so I tend not to think think that they have ill intent. I do think that sometimes you rep- and you have an obligation to report the data as you see it. There's no, it's possible that if you went and asked that person from the Bureau of Labor Statistics after they put it out there, you got them maybe maybe out for a drink someplace or for a dinner and you said okay now it's just us tell me really did you really believe that number and they might express well you know but at the end of the day their obligation is to report what the data tells them to and despite numerous people trying to claim oh no 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 they they're leaning on the data all the time not really clear what's happening now. There are places where sometimes the data gets a little askew. So, I tweeted out using the, our hashtag pound KBRS this morning. I tweeted out a a particular item that I thought was was really interesting that was posted by Scott Sumner over at uh, over at the uh, blog for blog Econlog at the uh, Library of Economics and Liberty. Looking at the employment-to-population ratio. So there is this this weird thing that happens. Now, first, so first, right, and under the assumption that there's always someone listening to this show who's never listened to the King Banyan show, never listened to the biz 1440 until today. You should know, like all of our other, our regular listeners know, that there are two surveys. There's a payroll survey and there's a household survey. One of the numbers that I tend to look at, you know, that many of us tend to look at is the employment to population ratio. And as I look at that number and people post that number, you'll see that employment to population is still below. I consider a number that that I consider it a fairly reliable number. And it's still below what it was pre-COVID. And so there's a reason to think, I believe, that. We haven't fully recovered from the COVID shock. And that number might cause some people to believe that we have in fact been suffering from a recession, which is hard to square when you've added half a million jobs in one month. Well, what Sumner points out is that particular piece of data is calculated using the household survey. Um. Which, first of all, is considered by most people to be less accurate than the payroll survey. Um, think about interview. You know, you're thinking about talking to six thousand large employers, which is not too dissimilar from what um, what ADP does uh, in that number that they gave us for the hundred and six thousand. They're wildly different, obviously on this particular month but by and large those numbers are beginning to come back toward each other i'll remind you that adp has been working with uh, the indeed lap at, at stanford to try to get their numbers to be closer to what the bls puts out so i'm i'm a little less reliant on the adp number than than i, I think for example bookvar is i don't i don't true i i I tend to think it can underreport. It had a habit of doing that before. Maybe it did so again. Not sure. But it turns out, according to Sumner, that if you look at that household survey number, it's the denominator that matters. They look at the non-institutionalized population, age 16 and over. But BLS does its own estimate, which is different than what the census does. They claim. I'm reading from. I'm reading from Professor Sumner's piece. They claim that the non-institutionalized population rose by 2.5 percent from 259 million to 260, 259.5 million to about 266 million over the past three years. In contrast, the Bureau of Economic Analysis says that the total population rose by nine tenths of percent from 331.3 to 334.4, okay, much less. And the BEA number is the basically the number that the census provides. So the difference between them, um, the difference between them would say that the number of children and and the people who are institutionalized must have fallen by 3.4 million. Now, there are fewer children for sure. But a 5% drop feels kind of weird. Doesn't seem right. Uh, Sumner says, I can't find precise data, but looking at the data that I can find, it looks like the number of American children declined by 1.6 million over the last three years. Institutionalized population, those, in, those basically in correctional facilities, is really small. Could it really make that much difference? That we, we number of people in the services, in the in in military service, relatively small. Don't need to really think about that. The, that difference is largely is for the most part children. Um, he writes. I suspect that the BLS estimates of total population over age sixteen failed to account for the sharp slowdown in adult population growth due to COVID deaths and a dramatic fall in immigration. And I also suspect that payroll employment is more accurate than the household survey. If you put that together, um, if, if you put those two things together, Sumner says, hey, that kind of probably means that the employment now exceeds pre-COVID peak in terms of a share of the population. That probably that then means that the story that there is still a suffering from a recession is probably not true. Um, And it probably probably also means that the wage gains we've seen indicate that maybe the Federal Reserve isn't tight enough. So if you dig into this data, one of the things you have to do is you have to be looking to what happened two days prior. This is what today's show is. We're going to talk about the jobs report. We're particularly going to look at the wage data in there and then we're going to and we're going to then look back at what was said Wednesday by chairman Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve as they chose to reduce the rate of increase of the fed funds rate to a quarter point from a half point in December but they also said we are going we are we are not stopping yet and if you listen to the plain language of the of the statement it would indicate that there's two, at least two, more increases in the Fed funds rate coming very soon. And, Andy said, and we don't expect it to come back down anytime in 2023. He said all that, and yet the market acted like like he had refilled the punch bowl. We'll talk about all that and more after this here. listening to The King Banging Show on The Biz, 1440.
1: Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
3: You can get a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price through this special limited time offer. We're partnering with a local law firm that specializes in estate plans. If you don't have an estate plan, it could be up to the court to decide who gets your assets. This can be costly to your loved ones. You've heard the stories where even strong families have been torn apart in the process. Our attorney partner is offering a full package of estate planning services for just $1,500 regularly three thousand. it includes wills power of attorney health care directives guardian and conservator documents call the station and we'll put you in touch with our attorney for a no obligation conversation to make sure this is the right fit for you and your family there are only a few of these half price estate plan offers available get your house in order today with a comprehensive estate plan for half the regular price call the station at 651-405-8800
2: 651-405-8800 This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org.
1: What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group.
3: Isn't it time you trade your old salt hog for a new wet technology water softener from Commerce? Commerce will give you $400 for your old softener and haul it away too. Save salt, save water, and your back. Go to Commerce.com. Commerce Water. That's Commerce.com.
9: Banging show the biz 1440 a call out to uh the recent passing of uh tom verlaine of television uh just a uh, oh my gosh um I, I was telling uh spencer before the show i i probably probably had pretty classic boston area hard rock kind of taste i mean I, I i i transitioned from as a junior high or junior high student listening to elton john and early El, very early elton john and uh three dog night um through um by late uh, i was listening to yes and never saw like a palmer and pretty much had my prog rock uh, uh genes activated which uh i've never really given up but uh somewhere around i want to say 1977 i listened to that album that that song's from uh uh Marquee Moon. Uh and I listened to Talking Head Seventy Seven and it was like, okay, I need to broaden my horizon and 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 you know, I, I attribute a lot of what I loved listening to to, in fact, um listening to uh television. Um the band. And and um I don't know I I've talked to a few people. They weren't big on the East Coast, but it turned out of course my good friend Mitch Berg who has very, very similar in terms of t- timeline music taste that I do. Um, is also a big fan of television, so and hadn't heard that uh, Verlaine had passed so uh, this week. So uh, it's sad. Uh, I think a terribly underrated uh, uh, guitarist uh, of uh, the 70s and 80s and was still performing as recently as four years ago, I think. I don't think he's performed, I don't think television was touring after COVID, but. But uh, there is video of there's video of him playing uh, in 2017 and 2018 on YouTube, and he's just as good as ever. Anyway, thanks for the reminiscence. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven and job Saturday. Um, let me tell you one more thing that's that's weird in this particular moment. We but I mentioned it in the previous episode, previous segment that we have in the January data. You get a bunch of revisions that happen. You're trying to true up the survey, particularly the payroll survey, to the quarterly census of, uh, of employment and wages, which is a much more complete survey than the, pay, the monthly payroll survey. So we only get the, so we only get a small universe of firms every month. We get a much larger universe of firms quarterly. Uh, and, it, and again, it largely comes out of tax filings. We're, we're we're pulling data from tax filings to determine how many people are working in various places, uh, and it's fairly accurate. So there's some of that happening at at this particular point. They also update the ability to do seasonal their their seasonal adjustments at this time. This is. This is important in January because January, if you look at the non-seasonally adjusted data, it's going to be hugely negative. So I'm just going to give you the, give you what the non... So, so the BLS says that, that on a seasonally adjusted basis, employment was up 443,000 workers in January. The non-seasonally adjusted private sector number was down two million one hundred and sixty six thousand. So that four plus four forty three basically says we normally would get a drop of about two point six million, but we only got a drop of a little under two point two million. The difference between those is our seasonally adjusted gain. Uh, and again, that's a drastic oversimplification. And for those of you with who, with with math or engineering or statistical skills, uh, you could pick that apart. It's not it's it's not it, it's I'm making shortcuts, but it's a way to think about how that number happens. And normally, when I do seasonal adjustment of data, I'm typically not doing that big an adjustment. That adjustment is bigger from the December to January number than it is for any other. And it's also the month that we update the seasonal factors. Okay, we just do it, okay, BLS does it on the calendar year. So there's a lot of stuff in there that is artificial and meaning that there's more chance that the calculation is what leads to the error than the other data. So folks who are out there trying to doubt these data in the jobs report have a point to make on in terms of the count i'm good this is where i think if you turn to the wage data i think you get a somewhat different different take hourly earnings rose 3.3% in the month and are now 4.4% year over year that's a fairly small number, so when the Fed is looking for smaller wage increases as an indicator we're going to talk about this much more in the second hour today. but when the Fed is saying we're really watching what's happening with wages to tell us whether or not we're making progress on inflation, there was positive data for them in these in 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 these surveys All right the economy is growing still um the markets reacted to the to the data by saying oh this really does give the fed permission to keep raising because the unemployment rate rather than going up toward that four and a half to five percent level where we think the fed will get weak need instead went down to three point four percent right we're now, we're now at the, below the COVID level. We're, we're at a level we have not seen since the 50s. And even though the U6, the, the all-in unemployment rate, including discouraged workers and those working part-time but would like to work full-time, it went up one-tenth. It's at 6.6%, which is a very, very low read. If you look at the number look at that participation rate um, uh, particularly for prime age workers 25 to fifty four, it's now up it's now up three tenths of percent so if I let me go back and I gotta go find the uh, I gotta go find that particular number because I didn't I didn't pull it up right away that number is now it's, it's now employment popu- population ratio uh it is at 60.2 um overall and if i go back and and get the number for the 25 to 25 to 54 population that employment population ratio um is uh is is much much higher um if I I look there, it's up three-tenths percent, and compares with the 83 percent, it's at that same level as it was in February of 2020. But again, paying attention to what I talked about in the previous segment, reading Sumner's piece, the denominator, what you're dividing by, might be overstating how much population there is. The market might be tighter than you think. And that would indicate that the that the Fed is still got work to do, if it believes, as you'll hear in Powell's comments, that wage inflation is the way they're going to tell if they're making progress on on inflation overall. Um, that mix of workers that was in this report, leisure and hospitality, was up quite a bit. So if I look at, let me where are you uh if i go and look at the uh at the data overall i should have pulled a different slide but let me let me scroll through here private sector employment up 397,000 workers the uh ver- this month versus 226 in december uh, and as i retail trade was adding 30,000 workers again that's on a seasonally adjusted basis it just means that they Drop less workers than they had before, and we've talked about that. Labor hoarding may be messing up what we're seeing in some of these some of these job gains. We're just not getting the layoffs on a seasonally adjusted basis that we might expect otherwise. Um, so, continuing to scroll, eighty two thousand jobs eighty two thousand jobs added in professional and business services, and in that all important, at least for me, the temporary help area I'm scrolling to find it uh up 17,000 workers after going down about 16,000 in December so that's kind of turned it, no temp help actually I found the number is actually up 25,000 uh 26,000 jobs that's a pretty significant increase there as well and and again in leisure and hospitality up 128,000 jobs on a seasonally adjusted Basis most of those in in food services, which added almost 100,000 jobs. That may be pulling, that mix, that change might be pulling down or or helping to dampen what we're seeing in terms of wage gains. And I still want to look at some other data. I still think the Atlanta Fed wage tracker is a better way for me to get a feel for what's happening on the wage side versus looking at uh, the jobs report. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll we'll talk about what I think this means in terms of the recession forecast. And then we'll turn to what, what it means for the Federal Reserve and the J. Powell Press Conference and FOMC's decision last last uh, Wednesday. All that and more coming up here on the King Daniels Show on The Biz 1440.
0: Pro Life Across America, the
6: I remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist.
0: No wonder
6: I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro Life Across America, please call 1 800 366 7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America is non political and totally educational. A baby's
7: heart is beating 18 days from conception.
5: Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances. Heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451.
9: Welcome back to the Show. The Biz Fourteen Forty, thank you for being here today um, on a job Saturday. We're talking about that jobs report right now, and trying to get a feel for for what's happening. I mean, there's two things here. Most of the commentary that I'm hearing sort of says basically, well, I guess we're not going to have a recession. And I haven't changed my mind about that. I know, I know, I have listeners who've complimented me for saying, "Well, we think the recession is coming." You were right to sort of call it when you called it and so forth and there are a lot of people are kind of kind of tapping the brakes on that forecast and not and and a couple i think actually threw the car in reverse um that's not me i'm i'll stand by what i said i i again it's sort of like well if you're going to do that then how do you explain half a million jobs added so part of it is i i do think the seasonal adjustment numbers. Are a little kerflouy right now, and I don't. I of all the, if I can have a report that I say I trust less than the others, it is the January jobs report versus any other month. I'm typically pretty faithful to. Well, that must be what's happening because they do a darn good job of surveying this one, because you have to tinker so much. Uh, on the seasonal adjustments, the benchmarking, and so forth, and they recognize this. They're actually trying to fix this problem by going to a six-month rebenchmark rather than a, an annual rebenchmark. Um, and it looks like they may actually do this even with the seasonals. We'll see what difference that makes. I just think January is such a strange month. I I, I, I point out on a non-seasonally adjusted basis this is a. Uh, a sentence I use usually when I'm teaching uh, either forecasting or mm, intermediate macro. What we do for the upper for the upper division undergraduate students, I tell them about 42 percent of consumption. I haven't updated this number in five years or probably ten years now. I haven't, been, I haven't taught intermediate macro in ten years, uh, but. Uh, we forty two percent of consumption in the US economy happens in October, November, and December. And really between about Columbus Day and Christmas, you get you get basically two fifths, three sevenths of the consumption in that particular in that particular time frame. And The least consumption happens right after, because everyone's kind of scurrying in. Have you gone out a whole lot in this cold weather? Probably not. Your consumption's probably down. My missus is looking at me like, I don't know that I want to go shopping this weekend. It's like, well, we're kind of short of groceries. Oh, no, we got enough. Look over here. And we're digging in closets and finding things that we must have bought that have moved to the back of the closet, and this is now that weekend. Where well, it's actually warming up, so maybe she will want to go out tomorrow. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Joel Rosenberg, uh, uh, portfolio manager at BlackRock, was on Bloomberg uh, this uh, this past weekend uh, on on yesterday. Excuse me, on Friday, and uh, and had this say. We didn't number cuts for you, but I am going to say this is cut one.
1: Yeah, the, you you have to understand this is uh, a big pushback to the to the slowing, and it, it's a reminder of what Powell tried to say to the market, though the market wasn't listening. That their main concern is they're not yet seeing uh, the impact of their tightening in the labor markets.
9: Very simple, right? We're not seeing it, and and so that will play into what that will play into. Uh, 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 that will play into what we're going to talk about in in the, in the next hour, and maybe even starting here in a little bit. But uh, Rosenberg goes on. Cut two. What
1: we're seeing here is the inability of the Fed to really get to its goal, which is to rein in the inflation pressures from a market. Powell said it again on Wednesday. It's still a labor market that is too hot.
9: And five hundred seventeen confirmed that point that's why that's why the markets reacted negatively that's why uh, the two-year the the yield on the uh, two-year treasury yesterday uh, went up fourteen basis points you can now make four and a quarter percent on a two-year treasury um, uh, the 10- year the 10year uh, is flat over the week but but it had been declining thinking that the Fed and they talked themselves into the Fed basically, even though it's not what he said, but they acted like, "Oh no 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 no, you're gonna ease, you're gonna help us before the end of the year." The ten-year yield jumped back up uh, eleven basis points yesterday. Markets, mark, bond, bond prices went down. Right when yields go up, prices go down. It's, it's math, uh, and 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 so that that just that just happened uh, there as, as well uh jan hatsius uh was i think this is from c n b c also commenting on the uh, on the uh, on the jobs report and said this let's play the first cut from hatsius this is jan hatsius uh c n b c
8: strong report all around not just the the jobs number but also The average hours number, the household survey, you know, drop in the unemployment rate, big increase in uh, household employment and the employment to population ratio. So I think it was a genuinely strong report. And again, I'm going to
9: I I I want to be sure to say it may be if you take it at face value, it is a very strong report. And and. It probably is, in fact, a strong report. I'm just saying the January numbers typically have a little more a little more uh, uh, play in the uh, uh, play in the gears uh, between what they collect and what they report, which has to go through this process of adjustment and you now collation, adjustment, fixing gaps, revising, benchmarking, all of that stuff. There's a little more play in the gears on the January numbers than there is in others. Maybe I hadn't used that particular metaphor before, but that actually feels feels like a good one to me, right? It's not, it's not that they changed how they collect the data, but the the, the the journey from data collection to data reporting is a little bit more complicated on a January report. Let's play more. This was Jan Hatsi's, uh yesterday on CNBC, the second
8: cut. Not seasonally adjusted employment was down sharply, as it is every single January, and that illustrates that you have to take it with a grain of salt.
9: Right. You have to take it all with a grain of salt. Well, thank you, Jan. You're basically making my point for me. Uh, and, and indeed, indeed, I was fishing around in the non-seasonally adjusted data even at about 7.45 yesterday, uh, 15 minutes after the data was put out, I'm like, I wonder what the non-seasonally adjusted data looks like. And you have to dig to go find that on the BLS website, but it's there. Um, uh, just go look in the supplemental files, and that's where you'll find it if you're curious for yourself. And, and it, it, just, it just struck me as being tremendous. It struck me as being, wow, yeah, that's right. That, that difference is that large. Um, you know, and, 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 and let me continue. This is cut
8: three from Hatsius. If I look at these employment numbers and I look at the jobless claims numbers and I look at also the non-manufacturing ISM survey, you know, clearly the economy is doing a lot better than many forecasters. Indeed, the consensus of forecasters is saying, because consensus continues to be that we're going into a recession and there's, there's just no sign of that.
9: Maybe we should take a minute to talk about two of those numbers, right? If I look at the ISM number, the Institute for Supply Management's number for manufacturing, it's been in contraction for a few months. Only two of the 18 industries reported growth in that month. Uh, factories have slowed production, and and and, and what was in there um, – What was in there, what was interesting and people had missed was that in the manufacturing numbers, overall, manufacturers are still adding workers, even while they say production is slowing. Which would tell you that they were probably very short workers before before the fall and early winter and now are still in catch-up mode. Um, uh, And... They actually reported that they are looking to hire rather than reduce headcount. We still have business the same. We're adding workers, even manufacturers, even in the face of a recession. At the same time, if I look at the non manufacturing index, that rebounded sharply and, and was a big surprise on the upside. In December, it actually went into negative contraction territory below 50, but actually bounced back up as a result of new orders and business activity which are now reporting over 60%. Again, this is a this is a diffusion index, so what it does is it takes all those who say my new orders and my business activity is rising and then takes half of those who say it's staying constant and it adds those numbers together. A uh, fifty indicates that they that you've basically got a fifty fifty reading. A sixty percent reading is pretty strong. Okay? The at the very peak in services back in the middle of at the end of twenty twenty one, that that whole index was right was at a number of about sixty seven or sixty eight. But it's currently it's currently at fifty five. So that's there. Let me play that one last. This is one last clip from Jan Hatzius.
8: Cut four, please. We do expect the Fed to do more than what markets are pricing. We think we'll get another couple of hikes that takes you to the low fives rather than the high fours, which is current market pricing. And then more importantly, we don't expect cuts in the funds rate until well into 2024 in our Mm -hmm. baseline forecast.
9: Okay, I'm just going to say, uh, and, and, and I'm going to say, I would, I pay attention to this guy, and you can tell because what he just said is what my expectation is. I still, I, I still think the recession is there, I, but I still think the Fed's got two hikes at least. I probably don't think there's a third anymore. I, I, if you'd asked me three weeks ago, I might have told you they're going to go five and a quarter to five and a half. I don't think so unless you get another strong jobs report in a subsequent month. I don't think this one report would do it. But hopefully the market begins to understand that there are two hikes coming. The probability of two hikes,
2: 25
9: in March, 25 in May, went from 30% um, on on Friday morning pre-report to 60% by noontime yesterday. That's a pretty strong flip. All right, I got to take a break here. We'll be right back after this. We're going to turn to the Powell report after, right after this, on the King Banyu show, on the Biz fourteen forty.
4: The, in-
1: the Biz fourteen forty KYCR Golden Valley. We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer.
6: What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors and our storm doors replaced.
4: Why did you choose JTR Roofing?
6: After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR.
4: What
1: did you think of the work JTR did?
6: The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR.
0: Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. It looks like a map of tiny rivers on a tiny continent. I see an intricate spider web created by spiders who studied French Impressionism in college. And wear berets. I see a geometric pattern reminiscent of alien crop circles. That long scar on Frankenstein's forehead, it looks like that. A San Francisco sidewalk after an earthquake. It looks like when I
2: spilled wine on the new carpet. Good idea to bring that up. It's Humpty Dumpty after he had that thing. Poor guy, that must have really left a mark. Stare at it all you want. It's not going away. That crack in your windshield could cost you a ticket. It hinders visibility. It's unsafe for you and your family. And it's only going to get worse. Make one call to Advantage Auto. What's the advantage? Free mobile service, on time scheduling wherever and whenever you want, the highest quality parts and adhesives. They'll settle that claim and your insurance picks up the tab. So don't let a minor annoyance turn into a major problem. Call Advantage Auto Glass at 952 423 6396 or go to ReplaceMyWindshield.com. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract
1: prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division and school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an
2: example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around
1: at our Half Off Deals tab. Click on Programs to see our daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP Fan Club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and more. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
5: It's a beautiful morning,
3: ah, I think I'll move for while.
9: Well, you're going to go outside for a while. It's about 20 degrees warmer than it was this time yesterday. <laughs> it's actually up here, it's uh, 10 above. It was about 8, 9 below this time yesterday and was... Uh, and it was minus 18 thursday morning when i hit the office door and i was like why that's we're, we're really uh we're back to uh being rugged minnesotans here because uh i i i have a colleague uh, who's uh who's uh from russia and um he gets crabby when we close you know if it gets like if we get the wind chills down around 30 below uh, 35 below. He we typically will send send us into remote learning mode at, lately, and he doesn't like it. He's like he's like, come on, you live in Minnesota. You got to be able to deal with this. And I actually agree with him. Um, I like I I like I like being here and I I like it. But I will tell you that it uh, it gets a little dif- more difficult all the time when I start dealing with the weather as it is. Anyway, 651 289 number to call with questions and comments. Last thought about the jobs report as we transition to think about what Powell is going, what Jay Powell says and does in this, in this at the press conference last Wednesday. So remember, he doesn't have the jobs report numbers. Uh, he did have a report on wages, and you'll hear, I've got a, I've got a piece of the press conference where he addresses it uh, here but he didn't have the jobs report if we raised employment by 517,000 jobs one of the tables i always go check is the is table b4 and table b4 tells me the number of hours worked in ma- hours worked in manufacture overall in manufacturing et etc the number of hours worked in the economy in January was an increase of 1.2%, just month to month. If we stayed at that rate, if that sustains, either we have to get this big increase in output in the first quarter, which would mean we're going to get a positive growth number for Q1, or we're going to see a decrease in, we're going to see a massive decrease in productivity. Productivity numbers for the fourth quarter were reported earlier this week with a gain of 3%. That's a pretty substantial gain. And that happened even while hours worked was increasing. It's just that the amount of output we created grew at a faster rate. So if we're going to see an increase, if we're going to see this, that if we're going to see this decline in productivity that then also means that there's a that the that the wage gains are even more inflationary because businesses can't make it up by selling more product. They're actually selling less product because they're making less product. So the thing to pay attention to on the productivity number that is that was reported this week and on a go forward basis is whether or not we're adding so many hours worked that productivity is declining, which is pressuring wage increases, pressuring profits uh, in the marketplace as well. Okay, so here's what here's what we thought the Fed was going to do. And I'm going to do this by playing this one clip of Mohammed El Arian, who is speaking after the Fed made its announcement on 25 basis points. He instead makes the decision that we sh- that he st- instead said something that that we've argued on the show that he probably should have gone 50 basis points let's play this clip mohammed el arian on bloomberg uh, on friday
0: we're getting the goods disinflation, which is going to stop at some stage. You, you know, prices can't go down forever. That's going to stop. We have services inflation, where the balance of risk is on the upside, and these are less sensitive to, in, to the interest rate tool. So when I look at that, I worry a little bit that we may be too optimistic about the path
9: for future inflation, and therefore I would have be, I would have mm-hmm. corrected
7: the the understanding of the market. Okay.
9: and the understanding of the market at that time was that the that was as we heard Hatsi has talk about in the previous segment was that the fed would actually stop at maybe one more increase stop at four and three quarters to five indeed there was betting up until wednesday that this 25 basis points would be the last one and if you listen to the press conference which we're going to do in the next in the next hour when you listen to the press conference there's various stages of disbelief among the among the uh press assembled the financial press basically saying why are you saying there'll be more than one more increase we're not even sure you should be increasing now okay because there's a recession and so you have to think that that the jobs report that we've just discussed here probably was a boon to the to the to the federal reserve because it it provides them validation of their forecast that the economy still has a way to go before the job market slows down and that therefore they need to pull on inflation i also have a little bit of a speculation here coming up in the next hour there might be a little bit of fighting going on within the within the board of governors And it it caused me to think again about a news story I read that I thought was strange. But now I wonder if maybe we've sussed out what exactly is happening there uh, between two people at the Fed. We'll be back after this with another hour of the King Banging Show on The Biz, 1440.
0: Cable news. Noisy, out of touch, on repeat. Tired of all the lookalikes? So are we. Salem News Channel is here to change the game. Streaming 24-7, free on your TV, with the greatest collection of conservative voices. Home to Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Like you, we say what's wrong and what's right, unfiltered and unapologetic. Salem News Channel, we're the answer to the mainstream media. Learn more at snc.tv.
5: 800-260-1792.
6: in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own. Whether it's for your personal system or business, Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service.
2: Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service.